Welcome back to The Bunt, the world's number one sports podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. It's Vans, baby. No stems, no seeds that you don't need. Acapulco Gold is... Badass and y'all know it's getting cold as ice up here in canada so we about to hit you with that new fire from vans that spitfire <laughs> two iconic names in skateboarding vans and spitfire wheels reunite this holiday season to unveil new collaborative designs in footwear and apparel. The Van Spitfire pack features signature colorways of the Ultra Range Pro and Slip-On Pro from Van's team riders John Cardiel and Dan Vanderlinden. This new heat from Vans is going to keep us nice and toasty up here during the winter months. The Vans and Spitfire pack is available now at Vans retailers worldwide and go to vans.ca to get yours online. Over here at the Bunt, you know we spit hot fire weekly into these mics and we shredding them vans. So you know it's only fitting that we talk in the van spitfire collaboration. Get yours now, B. Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. Let's get this episode popping. I'll start it off this week to prevent the ghost from complaining about his fantasy football team. Nobody wants to hear it, my friend. But it's going to be a banger this week inside Studio E. You can count on that. I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. As always, we got Rance one in last place. Or maybe he climbed out of the gutter this week. Man, y'all better start putting some respect on my name. Gutter? That's Russ Milligan's spot right now. It's a cool thing. Ghost, tell them what we got popping for episode eight. I do up that. <laughs> Reggie, you think you can stop me from talking fantasy football? <laughs> Love y'all skaters out there listening. Shouts to y'all. I just have one quick fantasy event. Our main man, Joel Scullard, mopped the floor with me because my team's too stacked to drop players on a bye week. But shouts to you, Joel. Thanks for the fresh haircut, keeping me fly 24-7. So it's, it doesn't hurt quite as much to lose to you. Man, it just goes to show the type of fantasy football GM you are if you lose in roster spots to bye weeks. But we'll save that for a later date. The big homie Joel is hitting me and the ghosts with the freshest fades in the city. If you're in Toronto and you know Joel, hit him up. He is doing his apprenticeship at Crow's Nest Barbershop right now blessing the family and friends find them on instagram at joel scullard and line up your appointment now this week you know what it is we got leo romero in the building all-time great narbar nigi of satan's pain <laughs> honor to have him on the show and we taking y'all straight to the post office you know what i'm saying peeps be hollering hit us <laughs> and then uh 
you know what it is it's a little sports talk and i can vent fantasy football so make sure you stay for the fucking rundown we talking nba we talking all kinds of shit you dig this is the number one sports podcast in the world so if you need the sports news you've come to the right place folks before we get it popping make sure to like us on Facebook at The Bunt. Follow us on Insta at The Bunt Live. Send in them voice notes. Forget the emails. It's 2017. Send in them voice notes to TheBuntLive at gmail.com. And then, uh, yo, what's that crazy website I've been hearing about, dog? Interviews popping off, videos. How you can buy Bunt merch over there. What is it? Reggie, TheBuntLive.com. And, yo, I think there might be a special high-level rap music video on there. You know what I'm saying? Your boy had to go ham, dig out that old dusty music video from the archives. Oh, you went to the Dell desktop computer at his mom's place, found his music video. It's going to be something special up there this week. If you can't laugh at yourself, you ain't living right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you guys go have a laugh at me at thebunlive.com. So, man, you alluded to it already. Leo Romero is in the building. It's insane. One of the gnarliest skaters there is. The year he won Sodi, he was just doing scary things. Been watching him since Faja. We all split the money on the VHS tape. Always been a big fan of Leo. The man keeps it loyal. He's been doing it for ages for America's shoes, toy machine skateboards, independent trucks, pig wheels. And you know he's making it pop with bro style, his own brand. You dig? Bruv, let's crack a couple steam whistles and get this interview popping. (laughs) <laughs> Did you say steam whistles, man? Don't mind if I do. Just let me sift my way through the maze of empties from last night. Get a couple fresh cold ones for us. I get this buzz rolling again. Canada's premium pilsner, baby. Steam whistle. The only buzz. overdue been trying to get this interview done for a little while now we got leo romero in the building how's it going man it's going right how you guys doing (laughs) are we chilling blood we're doing good man so we start every show off the same hit us with your favorite skateboard moment and your favorite sports moment um my favorite sports moment i don't really watch sports or care about them (laughs) but uh there was a time a long time ago i think it might have been the Patriots playing or someone? I can't remember exactly, but it was a Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, I bet Matt Allen $100 on his opposing team, and he stayed home and watched it with like a group of friends, and I just went out skating, and as I was like skating, I was done, and then I look at my phone and find out that I won, so that was pretty, that's probably my favorite sports moment. That's a true sports fan right there. So it was probably the Giants beating the Patriots or something. <laughs> yeah. That's turnt. I respect it. Skate moment? Uh, I don't know. I guess the funniest and weirdest was I wanted a skateboard when I was like a little kid, and we didn't have that much money, so it's hard to come by a fresh one. And my mom actually discovered or saw one off the side of the road as we were coming home from church. She told my dad to pull over, and she got out of the car and grabbed a complete skateboard that was just in the middle of the street. Damn. And that was my first like complete board. That's such a sick way to come up on it. <laughs> yeah, it was like pretty. Th- it seemed it seemed like it was uh, like in retrospect, looking at it now, it was like a board from like a skater from the '90s, like like early '90s. You know, it was like waterlogged, <laughs> like 
it was like the plies were fraying the wheels were tiny so i mean when i was a kid i was like fuck yeah like perfect you just put a new grip tape on and it's fine but now thinking back i was like that was for sure someone's board from like the 90s that just got stuck in someone's backyard that's what's up that's one way to get started so tell us about growing up in fontana california and uh your uh, your journey into skateboarding the early days i don't know it's pretty shitty any small desert town any small town it's not that fun uh and i got into skating because a friend of mine like when i was a little kid i just basically he was kind of like the rich kid and would have all the stuff that you'd be into and then he would just let like leave it alone and then eventually you would play with it after a while and he got into skating for a little while and uh moved on from there and i just kept on skating and basically just kept on going after that and didn't really see him ever again after i got his like leftover board <laughs> uh, so he had the fresh complete and you had the dusty waterlogged thing but you fell in love with yeah. it <laughs> pretty much yeah well i mean it was also a thing where I, he lived far away from me and i like wasn't able to like hang out with him all the time so when i just skated i just consume myself with it and by that point i was like i don't even need friends <laughs> so he's not your boy anymore you're not in touch anymore letting him know you're still doing your thing I haven't seen or heard from that guy in, like, 20 years or something. I don't know what the fuck he's up to nowadays. Damn. I wonder if he knows you exist, like, as a pro skater in this world these days. I mean, I think because of Instagram and internet and stuff like that, I'm sure, and Facebook and shit, I'm sure they're able to figure that out. (laughs) You know every time he runs into skaters, he's going to tell them he's the reason behind Leo Romero for sure. (laughs) I hope so. He is. That's dope. So what was your first big break in skating? My first big break, I would say it might have been, because I got on a skateboard shop called Pharmacy Board Shop. There's a few of them here in Southern California. And uh, they took me on a trip to Tampa, Florida for the Tampa Am. And it wasn't that we were, we weren't in, in the contest, but Brian Herman was in the contest and he was, he rode for the shop and is close with the owner. Um, so we just tagged along as just little kids, like me, Matt Allen. Uh, Matt Allen, I think, was Am at the time as well. But we went out there, and we ended up going out skating with, like, the America team, like Ed Templeton and Ellington. And I just skated, and it was one of those things where just, of course, you see your, like, favorite pros, and you're around a favorite team of yours, or, like, just a, a <clears throat> really big team that you like and admire, and you just try to go off, and I guess it struck somewhat of a chord with them or with ed at least and he asked me for my video and i sent him a video and that was kind of like my foot in the door hell yeah ed templeton's hooking it up left right and center we had Corey dufflon last week and that was one of his early early guys that was like gave him an olive branch kind of thing ed wasn't the one that gave me the big break he, uh it was actually josh beagle because he stole my video from tempster <laughs> oh shit yeah wow yeah yo that's crazy so you're another dude like ed wanted to put Corey duffel on toy machine and then he ended up going to uh san diego i think he left Mm -hmm. ed's house went to san diego and then started skating with uh, the foundation guys and kind of got snagged that way so you were kind of the same thing oh really oh yeah i mean I, i didn't go i didn't meet ed at all i i just was an impatient kid but yeah ed he uh I didn't really get to meet him after I saw him in Tampa. He, I just sent him a video and that was pretty much it. I had the team manager of the skate shop kind of try to bug him 
and I never got any response like, oh, we haven't seen it yet, just like an eager kid would. And uh, I talked to the team manager and he mentioned, he's like, yeah, well, it hasn't seen it or said anything about it, but Josh Beagle is like interested in you. And uh, I guess t- to what you're saying, he-, he did like, he's like, you want to come out to San Diego and skate? And <laughs> I just I just went out there and skated. <laughs> did he take you to a strip club too? Uh, no, he just got me drunk for the first time and would come <laughs> home with large women and, and have me BB gun them to, so they would leave and they would, he would just party and I would just, <laughs> he was like the, it's like living with your drunk uncle kind of situation. <laughs> That's what's up. Shouts to Josh Beagle. Yeah. So what was it like being a part of the Baker family, getting to be on a team with legends like Reynolds, Greco, Ellington? Can you give us a story from that time period? Uh, I mean, I was kind of already somewhat familiar with them because I was on America. So, I mean, it was kind of, it kind of was like a natural transition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of happened because I moved into the LA or the America house in Los Angeles and uh, I hung out with them more often because I was living in LA and that's just kind of how it goes when you hang out with a group of people and they end up trying to, you, you infiltrate the, the scene. I just watched the uh, uh, Heathker chart epically latered, and I guess uh, you were roommates with him in the L.A. mansion, huh? What was it like having him as a roommate? It was pretty fun. He wasn't, I think, uh, <clears throat> for me, uh, it wasn't, like, awkward or weird. I mean, he was, like, a little bit eccentric, you know what I mean? But not as weird as anyone else would be, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Like, I thought some of the people that would come over and thought they were... Like, for instance, like, Dustin Dolan is weirder to me than someone like Keith Kirchard. So he would, like, Keith would just be himself. <laughs> he had a really hot girlfriend at the time as well. And uh, she would, walk, like, he would, like, open the door while she was in the bathroom and she'd be, like, topless. That was pretty cool. Um, for the homies? For the homies, yeah. He just, we'd be walking by and he would kick the door open and she'd be like, what the fuck? And we'd get a little, a little look-see, which was always cool for us. <laughs> If anything, I was probably I was probably more annoying to him than anything because I was a terrible roommate. I was 18 years old and was full of piss and vinegar and living in a fucking big ass house with awesome pro skaters. Only in skateboarding is it normal for like an 18 year old to live with 30 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> no one bats an eye. Yeah, when I first moved out of my parents' house, I was 16 and I moved in with like a 30 year old. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, your career really popped off when you're on Foundation. You blew up America video. This is skateboarding. You turned pro for uh, Foundation. What was that like? It was pretty interesting. I didn't. It was like a thing that they uh, pushed on me. Not pushed. Like originally, they were trying to turn me pro sooner, but I think I wanted to have more stuff out. Right. From what I remember, and uh, it was kind of like a calculated thing. Like with me, they were trying to like, what do you think about going pro right now? And it was a. Uh, I was like, ah, I want to have more stuff or more interviews out, you know what I mean? Uh, and then eventually they uh, they did it, and I was fucking stoked. <laughs> that's what's up. That's I feel like that's rare these days, man. Everyone's turning pro so fast, yeah. and there's probably few people are like putting up a fight. Like, not nah, I want to wait longer. Not too many. Yeah, I, well, it's it's different time as well. I mean, it like people come out and are pro and then are gone so quickly like it's 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 such a different time to even try to compare the two i feel like now there's like 
so many more companies and board companies. There's so many more spots to be pro as well. When back then, there was only so many like reputable companies. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and there's there was a lot more breathing room back then where, like it it was it wasn't like a like you had to have like an interview out and a cover and like a like there's there was just a little bit more, I guess like not accomplishments but things to check off the old list yeah but i guess nowadays it's just like having a barracks thing and then a thrasher thing and then you're good to go i guess it's just i guess it's just a different list nowadays <laughs> that's crazy like back then i feel like there'd be pushback if someone got turned pro too quickly like everyone would kind of hate on it a little bit like oh that dude doesn't deserve to be pro yet he's only had one video part or something nowadays no one even cares it's just expected yeah yeah you came up in the good old days b <laughs> I got I got the tail end of the good old days. I, I think earned that shit. Okay, so question: because you came up as a young chomper, rail chomper, gap slayer, etc., but you you came up on Foundation in America. Some of the gnarliest dudes ever, like the Corey Duffels, the Andrew Reynolds, Heath Kerchart's. Do you think it makes a mm-hmm. huge difference to surround yourself with amazing skaters? Like, do you think? you're as good as you are today because of who was around you or did were you going to be this good regardless no I, I think it has to do with what um you are around for sure i mean you soak up everything around you as a child and like and, and it's not even necessarily a competitive thing but when you're out there with like skaters like that you it pushes you to try to perform to that level of dopeness it's just, I mean, it's natural. I mean, like, if it's, like, you're getting drunk with your friends, you're trying to push yourself to get as hammered as they are or whatever. It's like, <laughs> no matter what it is. No doubt. All right, yeah. We agree. I, I would tend to agree. Uh, I'm surprised I'm as good as I am because all my friends are trash, but, you know, exception once in a while. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You guys ever get complimented on how smooth your voices sound? I don't think so, no. No, nah, yeah. Well... Mostly we just get hated on for our, like, gangster slang and Canadian Canadian talk. Mostly. But sometimes we, we're serious, you know, we ask uh, normal questions. Because <laughs> you're Canadian and you're gangster slang? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just curious because, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and some voices are re- really, like, high-pitched and annoying. And, like, some podcasts you can't listen to because of the voices and your guys is, like, one of the one of the reasons I like, like yours, it's, like, your guys' voice is very smooth. <laughs> So hopefully that's a compliment. Hell yeah, brother! Damn, thank you, G. We I don't think ever we ever got that before. I appreciate that. You definitely hate listening to your own voice, so you never think it's really possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So later on, you left Baker and joined Toy Machine. In an interview, you said, "I just don't think I really fit in with that crowd." What changed for you around that time? Um. Well, I moved. I moved to out of Los Angeles, and it kind of seemed like that period of my life and period of my career was kind of not Hollywood, but I was just around then submerged by it and it seemed natural and, and everything and, and not, not, not at all regretted. And it was a fucking great time. But, uh, I don't know. It's just like, uh, it's like when you, like you live in a city for a little while and you, at some point you're like, I don't really even like this city that much anymore. I got to get out of here. And, you know, it, it was just a, it was just too much for me. I guess I, I couldn't, I couldn't hang and maintain with those guys. They're they're pretty crazy. <laughs> the hijinks was popping too hard. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that, but it seems like they've they've mellowed out too as a whole. Like more and more sober dudes and yeah. like 
focusing on skating again instead of the party vibe. Yeah, they're fucking quitters, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're they're and they're fucking old too, so it's, it definitely age equalizes you. No, but it it, it was great. I, I I loved it. I mean, like I I I'm still on teams with like Andrew and Brian and Kevin. They're all fucking great dudes. It just wasn't for me. Uh, no doubt. Was it ever weird when you quit still being on on America with them and going on trips and them and shit? No, I, um. Because the older guys that I was on the team with are, are pretty, for the most part, like, have been in the game for a while, so they all understand the way it goes, you know? I mean, they've all quit companies, and when I quit, actually, and I called Andrew, he he mentioned, uh, he's like, who are you getting on? And I tell him, all oh, Toy Machine, he's like, oh, it's fucking awesome, like, I love Toy Machine. All right, so you've dropped as many video parts as anyone in the game. Which one was your favorite? I don't know. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe my Ruka part. <laughs> that, was the, that was a fun one because it was just all filmed on skate trips, on Ruka skate trips. Yeah, I might have to watch that one. I'd, what's your last trick in that one? I'm trying to remember. It's, it's, my last trick is a bunch of slams. <laughs> Damn. Got to peep that one again. There's no, like, climactic last trick or anything. I thought you were for sure gonna go with Made or one of the America videos. Those ones were insane. I mean, I think those are the the, the critically acclaimed ones. If, <laughs> but I think the 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 one that just is funny and was a good time was that Ruka one. Stay gold, yo. That's Dude. some real shit right there. Uh, the whole section on the Heath gap the rail at the end. <laughs> yeah. That was that was some hood shit. You dig? <laughs> Thank you. Gap front feeble was a. Uh, it must have been scary first. What was the first try on that like? It was actually not that bad. It, it I was just scared of it, so I would just front board it over and over and over again. And then the first one I got into, I just grinded to the end. It was actually didn't it didn't come. It was a pretty quick one to get because it was just a front feeble, it was just going fast and going through it. It wasn't much danger after I locked into it for the first time, and I just knew it was gonna go down wow <laughs> supreme confidence i was digging how you threw the the front board all the way through in the middle there too yeah that was that was a little rally tribute yeah sorry that's sick that's a good uh fun fact right there skate trivia <laughs> so eventually fucking it all came back around and you got on toy machine with ed templeton yeah it finally worked out yeah i'm saying Ed Templeton, fucking all these like documentaries and shit coming out. It seems like he lost bear skaters over the years. Lots of legends in the early days, but kept it going because he's a real one. And he finally got a, a superstar back, yo. How's it been being on Toy Machine? How hyped are you? What's a nice uh, little Ed Templeton story? A nice little Ed Templeton story? I don't want to tell a too embarrassing, too much of an embarrassing one, but. I'll, I'll tell an embarrassing one. Why not? Yeah, perfect. We were in, on a Ruka trip, and uh, we were out at this skate demo, like this street skate demo. It was actually in Canada. I don't remember what part of Canada, but it was across the street from this Italian restaurant. And I love Caprizi salads the, with the buffalo mozzarella and the vine wrapped tomatoes, and they had them there. So I had myself about like two of them before the demo, <laughs> and uh, I skated like my ass off so I can hurry up and get some more which I did I went 
skated right after the demo. As soon as it was done, I skated right over to the, the restaurant. I had like myself two more caprese salads. And Jimmy, the team manager at the time, Jimmy told me, he's like, we got to go, let's go. But by that point, Ed was trying to get gelato for himself. And uh, he <laughs> he's like, I want to get gelato. And Jimmy Arigi is like, he doesn't give a fuck about you or anyone. He's like, yeah, he's like a pretty straight, <clears throat> like a straight shooter team manager where it's like, no, we're out of here. Like, I don't give a fuck. There's no seniority because you're like older or more pro or whatever he doesn't give a fuck he'll make fun of you and make you weep and beat you up all at the same time so ed starts complaining borderline whining about gelato <laughs> and uh he's like now nah. jimmy tells him no we gotta go like let's go we, we we're not gonna wait for you to get fucking gelato like you're the only one that wants it let's get the fuck out of here so he's like <laughs> he kind of he kind of pouts a little bit <laughs> and he gets in the van and uh He's like still kind of complaining about it, and Jimmy starts really getting in his ass, and he just, he's in the van telling like, "Hey everyone, we gotta stop. Ed Templeton needs gelato. Like, the big baby wants his gelato. Sorry, everyone." <laughs> and he's just, and Ed by this point is not happy and not at all like amused by the jokes, and we're all laughing our asses off. And you could hear Ed yeah. in the back of the van. You could hear him in the back of the van like, "Whoa." Leo got to eat his caprese salad <laughs> and you and Deanna was there and she's explaining to him I was like well he went and got it before and like he went and did it before we were leaving and he's like still I want my gelato it was just such a it was pretty funny to see a grown ass man behaving the way he was over gelato it was so funny and it, it, it got to the point of just childhood antics because Jimmy was just making fun of him like and we were just I mean it's a skate trip so we're all fucking kids anyways but it was just two grown men are like fighting back and forth and just making fun of each other and Ed wanted his damn gelato and Jimmy wanted to get the hell out of there. It was pretty funny. That's one of my favorite Ed stories. Wow, that's amazing. It's it's hard to picture just because like as outsiders we just picture Ed Templeton as like a yeah. boss figure. Badass. Like legendary dude who's had a successful brand forever and is like the boss but I guess he can get bossed around too. Yeah, especially by Jimmy Origi. Anyone can get bossed around by that guy. Doesn't matter who you are. I really would have just thought that Ed Templeton could get his own gelato, man. No, nope, <laughs> no problems there. Hey. That's a ballsy team manager. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. I love him. So switching gears a bit here, how did you get into music and playing the guitar? When I was actually living in L.A., I started, or a little bit before I was living in L.A., I started collecting records. Or not collecting, I just started buying them. I wouldn't call myself a collector by any means. But I started buying them and getting into music just because... As you get older, you start gaining new interests, women, music, pot, alcohol, all that stuff, and all that goes hand in hand. And uh, I don't know, I, I started getting into Bob Dylan and like just his music basically, like I could relate to like him. I mean, from my personal perspective, I can like to relate to his like attitude and behavior towards things and his music. And from then on, I just wanted to, I wanted to try to see if I can like write songs and play guitar and once I started kind of doing it and really going for it it kind of like songwriting kind of came somewhat naturally so I just kept doing it to this day that's what's up yo so tell us a bit about your band and uh what was it like to drop an EP what's your what's your band called it's called Trevisura okay cool I didn't want to try and pronounce it because I, I don't know how to <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it means mischief in Spanish. 
Okay, that's fitting. That's fresh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of like a not completely a serious thing. I mean, I, I when we're playing and we 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 take like the the musical aspect of it as seriously as we can, but for the most part it's it's an ever evolving group of guys that I like people that I know, like friends of mine have come in and out of the band and the the, the main guys are my friends Sean, Mark and Eric. But I've had like they're not in town because they play in other bands and I've just had I've played solo or I've just had new lineups and had my friends full on bands just be my backing band and I don't know, it's, it's just like a fun ass fucking thing to do, write music and play it at bars and get rowdy and sometimes get mellow. It's a good time. Yeah, it's definitely dope to have an outlet other than skateboarding. Sometimes when you're uh, too focused on skateboarding for a long time, you can take the fun out of it. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing because um, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I feel like I need one for the other. Because when I was hurt and I was out for like uh, about five five months or so and people would be like, oh, you got to write some more songs and it like it didn't really work that way. <laughs> it was weird. So is it the same type of stress doing a demo and a live show, or does one come easier to you? A demo comes way easier. It's way less work. But it's kind of the same thing. I mean, they're both forms of theater, I, I think. I mean, they're both shows. They're both performances. So there's there's different variables in both. But, I mean, for the most part, they're both some form of entertainment and theater. Is one scarier than the other? Or do you just attack both like you attack them rails? <laughs> <laughs> uh i definitely I, I like going into like every show with like that mentality because like i mean it's it you get the butterflies like you get them like skating you know but i would say this the scariest is like going playing when i play a show by myself that's always the, the scariest because i mean it'd be like doing a one-man demo like that sounds awful yeah. oh man the mike valeli lifestyle jesus yeah, exactly. That's a like you don't call him the underdog for nothing, man. It's not meant for everyone. No. Reggie, it's definitely winter up here in Canada. <laughs> and goddamn, is it ever time for a winter jacket? You feel me? Donald, you know what the hell I'm rocking these days? That Brixton cast jacket. Straight flawless, warm as they come while stylish you feel me man i was so hyped when the holiday collection for brixton dropped i had a tough time choosing between the apex jacket the crawford jacket and the patrol anorak jacket but you know i went with that pullover thing because it gets cold up here in canada so it was the patrol anorak jacket for me dog Oh, I feel you, B. You can't go wrong with the patrol jacket. If y'all want to know what we talking about, you better hop over to Brixton.com right now and get yourself warm and cozy for this long Canadian winter. You dig I'm saying? All of these jackets and more are now available in the holiday collection from Brixton. You got your toques, your pants, your t-shirts, your sweaters. It's a one-stop shop over here at Brixton, man. Hop on over to at Brixton on Instagram, Brixton.com, BrixtonMFG on Twitter, and at Brixton on Facebook. <laughs> Check out that new holiday gear. You dig? So tell us what it was like winning the Holy Grail of Skate Awards, Thrasher Skater of the Year in 2010. I didn't, it didn't really sink in <clears throat> how important it was. And I don't mean this in a bad way, 
but like until like my sponsors start started because i mean people talk about it but during that time of the year or whatever nowadays but i feel like it's become a bigger and bigger thing as time has gone on but i don't know when it when it when it was like my year or the year i got it sorry i didn't mean to say my year but uh i was working on the this is skating or uh, not this is skating a uh, stay gold and the toy machine video so my my concern wasn't uh winning skate of the year my main concern and focus was just trying to have two video parts i could possibly have and not have one be weaker than the other because i mean it's like stay gold and that's like the video part that i've been working on for years and brainwashes the video that <clears throat> it's my intro to the team so i couldn't look like a bitch <clears throat> my main focus was doing my best for those two and then after the fact those videos came out then it was like yeah like this guy for skater of the year and i still didn't even think about it because i didn't think it was even a reality you know what i mean it, it was just so far-fetched for me that i i didn't concern myself with it too much and then it happened and then i was like whoa this is crazy and it's a, it's like kind of a surreal thing or it was for me then still is now but uh it was like this is like a good thing this is like really important and i'm just like oh all right hopefully people like i guess that means people like my parts <laughs> uh damn do you have any tips for dono he's pursuing uh skater of the year 2017 get a really high paying shoe sponsor because i think that helps a lot nowadays oh some real talk it's a good thing i got one dog or good thing we got one over here Vans <laughs> you, guys some pull. you guys will get it damn b they ain't giving it to the to the small guys no more eh? yeah i don't think anyone on box is getting it <laughs> hell them back channel <laughs> transactions are going down it's real yeah uh, but it, it was it was awesome i mean i'm 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 more than honored i i mean the thrasher family everyone that works there and it's it's crazy that they would even think of giving it to me i'm still surprised i'm sure jake phelps regrets giving it to me <laughs> nah dude i remember that year i remember when you won it was one of those things where i don't think there was any i don't know who the second runner-up was but i remember definitely not being like oh someone else deserved it it was like oh hell yeah leo went ham it was fun it was a good party <laughs> and then you had that yeah that sick karaoke video came out and you were chirping jake phelps in it that's hilarious <laughs> yeah i love giving that guy shit that's pretty that's a good time seems like he he likes to give shit so he's got to be able to take some shit too i mean you have to when you're when you're a personality like that when you're the one always talking shit well speaking of backdoor deals and big shoe brands and shit you've stayed uh loyal to core skate brands throughout your career why didn't you ever bolt for the big payday um i I had a chance to ride for another company and it didn't seem right i don't know and i was just so happy and comfortable at america and it's always a weird thing when you want to do something out of fear of where you'll be or fear where you'll end up or wanting to do something specifically for a certain reason it's kind of played my career as organically and as naturally as i possibly could and i mean maybe it's going to be like my my Achilles heel in the end, but I don't know. I, I just, it just, it's never seemed right. Uh, fair enough. Respect. It's like the, your favorite uh, athletes who always stay on the same teams, man. Extra respect for them. Yeah, you're an old school cat, Doug. I see your parts, they're, they're well thought out. You always make sure you got like, you know, a couple nice ledge lines in there. Obviously, you got your huge rails. You got some gaps. You got. I started on the ledge lines, man. I, I grew up skating ledges. My, that's all I grew up skating by myself. I'm just saying, I appreciate it as a as a fan. You mix it up. You got the switch flip front noses popping. You know, you always got a nice nollie front heel in there. 
Nolly frontside flip. I'm glad they, they don't go and notice. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of rail chomping, though, you are well-rounded, which we just acknowledged, but you're definitely, you know, known for being a gnarly-ass dude. What are some of the challenges, if any, that you've encountered on extending your career and kind of pushing that aspect? Like, as you get older, you can't keep getting gnarlier, right? So what are some of the challenges you face as you get older? I mean, the, a, a major challenge I have now is I, when I broke my ankle, like coming back to it, it's not the way it used to be. I mean, that's just the way it is when you fucking break an ankle when you're a little older. It's like I, I, it feels a little weaker at times, but I mean, it's it's difficult in the sense to try to to outrun a fucking locomotive. You know what I mean? It's 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 impossible to be John Henry, but I don't know. I just don't really try to think about like becoming gnarly right i mean it i've I've never thought of it that way i've always thought about it's just like what i wanted to do and i'm I'm still like trying to skate big rails it's just now i just have to try to do it and post a trick on it like a warm-up trip on instagram and then hopefully people think i skated and then they won't because i think i think the toughest thing now is not a matter of what you do is how quickly you put it out and that's that's a frustrating thing when you're trying to work on a video part like for my like what I'm working on now, like I want to, it's probably going to be out the end of next year for Toy Machine. That's what they're looking for. Um, and by by that point, like there could be like 25 Chris Jocelyn parts that who the fuck knows, you know, it's, and, and that, yeah. or I mean, even Instagram and it's not, a, it's not bad. It's just, uh, I think, I don't know if it's, it's weird or if it's not, but I mean, it's skateboarding. There's, there's so much of it everywhere. And it's so oversaturated that at some point that is like doing the same stuff that someone did relevant anymore or is that does that even matter it, it, it's hard to judge a, a video part just simply because of what you see on instagram and how quickly video parts come out it's i don't envy pro skaters these days with like the amount that is probably demanded of them versus 10 15 20 years ago you got five different sponsors asking you for an Instagram clip, but somehow you're supposed to film real clips at the same time and get an interview done here and there. Yeah, it's 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 funny because I envy like the young guys who are able to do all that. Like they're able to to fully like you come up in that type of behavior and you're able to do it. You know what I mean? But for me, I'm 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 coming into this like a little bit older, so it's a bit difficult to, and it seems a little like kind of lame to just constantly put out garbage at times yeah definitely and it sucks because a lot of times your sponsors want garbage like uh and not not that even that it's garbage but i guess come for for myself i I think it's like yeah it's easy to go do like a skate park edit for your sponsor and it's cool like and i just recently did one because whatever you know it's like that's part of the the game now You, you gotta fucking roll with it but it's just it's just unfortunate that you have to have all this stuff constantly coming out to have some sort of presence, you know, like like on my on my Instagram I, I don't post like a skate thing for like a week and then people are like, Do you even still skate anymore? Like put down the guitars. <laughs> it's just like I just posted like a video of me like <laughs> skating like a week ago. It's it's crazy how how quickly people want stuff and how I know, dude, it's I don't even know how do you stay relevant or how do you sell as a pro skater your shoes or your boards? If you're trying to fucking focus on something, like a, an actual project or interview that's going to take a substantial amount of time, like it's like you have such short windows to sell stuff. Like as soon as your part comes out, 
and you might have an interview at the same time it's like okay we got to sell all his shoes right now because in a month everyone's gonna have moved on to something else or like even in a week yeah and it's also a thing where not only are you trying to put out as much stuff as you can as fast as you can you're doing it through outlets that there's only a few now like people are all trying to get in and thrasher and the barracks or whatever like mainly thrasher i mean there's no going around that it's just becomes part of the the fucking conveyor belt of just like so much shit that you just become overwhelmed with it and you just eventually you're just like like what the like what did i just watch like who was that yeah it sucks because i mean it's fun to pay attention to everything and, and enjoy everything but you watch the same fucking like intro video of fucking like uh i don't know like whatever one is up right now like you watch it like a hundred times you're like i fucking hate that dude in that shoe right now just because nothing personal you just can't stand to hear that song or that video again because it just comes up every single fucking time yeah it's like people are choosing uh quantity over quality these days yeah exactly it's it's definitely that but there's still i mean maybe that's the kids there's still I feel like people our age around our age older and stuff mm-hmm. a little younger we still appreciate a real people video. that yeah people that at least we looked up to I'm sure everyone still appreciates the people they looked up to but like when your part comes out for instance I'm definitely going to be like uh, remember to watch it you know and hopefully watch it more than once but like with Thrasher's Instagram nowadays like it's too hard to remember so I'll literally just screenshot like the teaser like Eunice's part came out and I screenshotted it just to remember to watch it like later that week and it sucks for that dude it's an unfortunate thing to have companies that come out with awesome videos I don't and I wouldn't say wasted because I mean like and maybe this is us it's a generational thing where it was more of a like watching a video was a bit more of a tradition and it was a bit more like there was something to it I mean you know what I mean like you remember watching like videos like at your house and talking shit with your buddies and being like like that was fucking like he hit that crack like that's what he popped off and whatever and, and like there's a there's a certain like thing about it and it just sucks for videos that come out and it's just like you just have a week to just watch it and it comes out and and it's not just thrashers just whatever website they choose to do it with and or however form they choose to do it it's just like that rapid it's like all right the video's out this guy's part today and tomorrow and then after that it's the fucking new balance video then after that it's the uh, yeah. america made thing and it's just like it, it's it's maybe it's it's awesome but it's also like i don't know it's it's hard to, it's hard to define it because you're able to just dismiss so much skating and good skating and it's it's, it's unfortunate at times yeah you definitely miss the having to buy the actual video and holding it i remember when we were kids we went on a skate trip to montreal and none of us brought any skate videos so we pooled our money together <laughs> we each pitched like five bucks and we bought digital's faja yeah and we vowed that we would like we would each get it for a week at a time which obviously never worked out but i mean i think we watched that video a hundred times that one week we were gone yeah <laughs> yo you had a part in that yeah yo. that's what i'm saying yeah that's one of their best work i would say because of- <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's funny and I don't know like i mean maybe it's like what we, what we were just talking about like we have those like it, those like remember like re- memories about it and it's maybe it just that we're older we don't get like i mean i don't know maybe we, like the attention span is so short now for kids that what they they just prefer that like they just want it just like well i watched this part it's fucking done we'll keep going mm-hmm. 
Well, we also didn't even have cell phones when we first started skating either. I mean, this is just like when they're on the bus, when they're standing around, you can watch videos whenever. Yeah. I remember I had a piece of paper with phone numbers on it, and that yeah. was like my cell phone. Yeah, I remember just having a good memory back then. <laughs> now I don't even know where I live. Like, at the fucking... It's fucking awful. You got a GPS home? Yeah. So we you talked about dropping uh, a toy machine part, but what else is next for Leo Romero? Uh, just continue to skate and uh, try to make the best toy machine part as I can. Um, hopefully people remember it past a day. Um, <laughs> I got you, B. <laughs> thanks. And uh, play music and, I don't know, just continue the way I've been continuing. It seemed to be working so far. Oh, I had a man. question for I, you guys. Who's who's the woman that does your guys' intro? Oh, that's a, a touchy subject. That's my that's my ex-wifey that I'm <laughs> currently trying to get back right now. So, I like the intro. No offense. For the what's that? You said he likes it. I like the intro with the music, and I like that girl's voice. Soft voice. That's my baby. Actually, <laughs> I don't think she listens to the pod anymore. So I could put it out there for the people. I got a dinner date with her in three weeks. <laughs> three weeks? Yeah, what the fuck three weeks? How do you have a dinner date three weeks from now? Because, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I got a dinner date to try and get my ex-girlfriend back in three weeks. Wish me luck. I'll keep the people posted. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's? Where are you going to take her? Is there like a place that you guys used to go to? Or is it just uh, like a new place? You Starting fresh? Yeah, starting fresh. New me, new <laughs> everything. Oh. I kind of want to know more about this, but I guess this is not your episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Just tune in in four weeks. I'll have it. I'm going to be listening thoroughly. <laughs> we'll, we'll pass it's funny it along to her. It's a fake accent, too. Because the, the podcast that me and Donald worship, like, they have a similar intro, and we just thought it'd be funny to kind of, like, do a mock intro like that. But they have, like, a legitimate, like, British lady who does theirs. And I was like, yo, just can you do this? intro in a fake british accent and it sounds she says dono's name so funny she's like donovan yeah. <laughs> what, what's what's the beat that is behind that because i think i just i like the whole thing like it wasn't like just okay so when we started we were using tom penny's uh song from minic maddie oh, okay that air song i forget what it's called mm-hmm. and when we switched to itunes we wanted to just not use any music that we didn't make ourselves yeah so sent that beat to my friend who makes beats and asked him to just kind of make something similar so it had a similar vibe and uh that's what he came up with it's pretty dope no yeah it's cool it, that i like the whole thing i'll have my fingers crossed you have your fingers crossed for me for my front feebles and i'll do the same for you and your i got you brother all right Y'all know what time it is. It's rapid fire with the ghost. You feel me? And this week, we brought to you by the Source Skate Shop out in Calgary and Edmonton. And you know, Polar's taking over Canada. They in-store and online at sourceboards.com. Get yours now before it's too late because you know that Polar Fall 2017 line is selling like hotcakes. Dopest graphics out there. Sourceboards.com. Polar Fall 2017. Quit playing games. Be there, be square. You dig? Uh, you know what time it is, blood. It's rapid fire B. You ready? I'm ready, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if you were talking to me or the audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.
<laughs> Favorite skater? Heath Kirchart. <laughs> Favorite video? Art Bars Foundation. Favorite video part? I've been rewatching this one a lot lately, and I'm going to have to go with Danny Brady, Lost and Found. Sick. Good one. I watched that one not too long ago. Favorite style? John Alley. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Bob Burnquist. <laughs> Favorite trick? If it's a flip trick, a kickflip, and if it's a rail or ledge, a 50-50. Hardest trick for you? Impossibles. Most illegal trick? Double flips, probably. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? It's probably the last trick in my shop sponsor, or my shop, yeah, my shop sponsor video. It's this 15-star rail that, uh, like, in Victorville, where the shop was originally from, Pharmacy Board Shop. Like, it was the, the big rail that no one's ever skated, and... Like, it was one of those things where it's like, no one's ever skated. Like, nobody. <laughs> this guy tried to, like, ollie the stairs. Like, it's one of those rails where, like, people don't, like, it's, yeah. it sets big and it's terrible stairs and rail, but people try to ollie the stairs for some stupid reason. And uh, I, I wanted to lip slide it, and we went there, like, the night, and it was cold and shitty weather out because it's always shitty in Victorville. And it was, like, towards the end of the video, and I was like, all right, I'm going to lip slide it. And we lit it up, and it's when I first started, like, like skating at night, so it was exciting. And that's when I first started brown nosing Heath Kirchhoff for the rest of my life <laughs> and uh so it was like I wanted to lip slide it and I was trying it for a while and it took me a while to get into it and it was like I was a kid I didn't even I was like terrified so I would like lip slide and jump off and bail and then I broke my board and I was like oh my god like what the fuck like it was just so it was so dramatic I mean looking back it's not dramatic at all but and then Matt Allen gives me his board and then I do it on his board and I have like I have a zipped up hoodie because it was so cold and I put the hoodie on to be like Jamie Thomas as well so I was like Jamie heat <laughs> combination and I did it and it was like my last trick and that's probably my most favorite skate trick that I've ever filmed that's amazing gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed I don't know if there's a specific one, but if you ever have a chance to see Westgate skate over a bump to rail, that is the gnarliest. That sucks that you guys aren't on any teams together anymore. The one-two punch is... Yeah, we are. What the fuck are you talking about? We're on Bro Style together. Uh, On what? Bro Style. His company. Oh, oh, my bad. My bad. This is that. Damn it. Um, I meant like big budget, like trips flying. Dig your hole even deeper? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. You know what I meant, like. Let's just change the topic, man. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. That wound is still extremely fresh. <laughs> Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film. Um, I granted a twenty stair rail with like a little kink on the end, while like people were skating some nine stair on the opposite end of the school. Like that would probably be like the biggest thing, but it was just like a grind, so it wasn't like that crazy, but. I feel like a lot, the, a lot of the a lot of I do a lot of like random tech tricks and no one really ever films them because I'm just like trying them randomly and it somehow I succeed. So maybe a toss up between random tech tricks and grinding a twenty zero with no one around. That <laughs> uh, is insane. Yeah, one or the other. You ever done a switch flip front crook or something? Yeah, I did it actually. The the thing I'm talking about is I was in uh, fuck where was I? I was somewhere in North Carolina or something like that, and we were at some. DIY and I did switch flip front side nose grind first try and switch flip front crook first try. God damn. Jeez. I had a feeling switch flip front crook was one of them. Just because. All those front noses? No, just because he did a switch flip front nose in a video part once. I was like, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the beginning <laughs> and the end of the switch flip front crook for me and no one filmed it, so whatever. Now the word's out there. What's the one trick that got away? 
during stay gold i was in atlanta and there's this king grill that i boards it as a or i don't even think i boards it i think i got smoked on it like six flat six maybe or five flat five king grill and i wanted to crooked grind it and uh i went we went there one night and so i wanted to go there and do it and i tried it all night for so long and grinding through it and like yanking out landing and slipping out it was it was in the b-side for sure um because it was it was it was like it was like a an event like i was there to try it and we were there and yeah i tried it a few times and or not i mean i stuck it a few times and sometimes i would get through it sometimes i mean it's like was tricky grinding through a kink rail and shane hale was there like fucking supporting me with his energy and now that's the one that got (laughs) away and it still gives me a, a tear in the eye What's the last new trick you learned? I would say that I have, that I can do is backside big spins. Now, like I've never, like I was able to do it, but now with like my back ankle, like it's, it was a bit difficult, but me and Dakota, my roommate, Dakota Servolt, we, every time we go skate, we, we play like seriously, like intense games of skate where it's like three games back to back to back, none of the same tricks. And uh, that's one of his tricks, so I've been conditioned to learning it. If you never started skating, what would you be doing? Oh, man, I'd probably, um, I don't know. I was I'm, was into drawing art and playing with action figures, so maybe I would probably have gotten some chick pregnant and Fontana became a fucking manager at fucking Jiffy Loop. Who knows? <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Wade D clip? Uh, I, don't, I don't have any. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know. Like gonna, how many? There's gonna be like bullet shots sounds for that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> favorite local brand? I do Shake John. That's my favorite local band. Favorite local skater? Brian Betts. He's a friend of mine, and uh, he's like a 30-year-old child, and he's fucking sick. Favorite teammate ever? Dakota Serbold. Worst company? Probably Bro Style. <laughs> self shots <laughs> worst trend i don't know there's a lot of like people that get by with not doing much so maybe people not trying as hard that's pretty whack worst style <laughs> fuck uh patrick melcher <laughs> <laughs> damn isn't that your pig teammate b <laughs> is he i don't think he's on pig anymore damn he fucking Hurricane his way out of the game, huh? <laughs> was good. That was him, right? Oh, geez. that was that was gnarly. But I mean, didn't have the best style doing it. You you can't yeah. not be honest during this question because when people cop out, it's always kind of a, a bummer. And, uh, <laughs> just say someone. Last person you want on the sesh? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Corey Duffel, maybe. Oh! He seems so nice. <laughs> Damn. Poor Corey. Is there a story behind that? No, but he's going to hear it, and he's probably going to... It's going to be funny for me in, in the long run. <laughs> love it. We love Corey, too, but uh, never opposed to some shots being fired over here at the bunt. I feel like I haven't had many shots to go off, so maybe we, I want some more. Go out with a bang? Yeah. Second last person you want on the sesh? Fucking Andrew Reynolds. Oh! <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. 
I was gonna say that's what everyone wanted to hear. I know. Sure. I swear, there's always been like rumors of tension between you guys for some reason. No matter how many interviews you say there isn't, that it's never gonna go away. I've heard that a lot about not my, like myself, but like I hear that people have like they come to me like I heard you have beef with this guy or this person, and then I always come back with like I don't I've never met this guy or like what are you <laughs> talking about? Like there was a situation with me and Clint Walker from Birdhouse and. Joe Hammocky, photographer, asked me, like, what's the beef between you and Clint? And I was like, I don't know. I'd, I've never met the guy. And he's like, I hear there's beef between you guys. And it was funny because I've literally never met the guy, and I liked his skating. And it was he's like, I can call him right now. And I was like, please, I would love to go over this with him. It'd be fun. And I'm like, hello? And he's like, hey, what's up, man? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, I have no idea. I think you're, like, your skating is sick. And he's like, I think your skating is sick. And I was like, yeah, let's just tell people that we hate each other. And he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> That's wild. That's a funny one. Yeah, didn't know what to expect calling you. Just after all these rumors of beef, I thought maybe you'd fucking be a dickhead. But you're super nice. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. I think that's going to wrap up our interview with Leo. My man, thank you so much for spending some time inside Studio E. Yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties. All good. Never judge a book by its rumors. Leo's the man. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Uh, send me off with some shots being fired, like a lot of them. <laughs> he got you. Will do. <laughs> thanks. Take it easy. It's time to get into the post office, and as always, it's brought to you by our good friends at Time Bomb Trading. And with Leo Romero in the building this week, you know it was only fitting, we talking about the brand new Romero High from America's Shoes. The Romero High is inspired by Leo's eclectic lifestyle, designed to be both stylish and durable. This high top is engineered as a full-on skate shoe. The Romero High goes further to protect your ankles and support your feet. Y'all know Leo was one stylish ass dude, so you knew his shoe was gonna match. Available now, head down to your local skate shop and pick yours up before it's too late. Let's get into these emails. You've got mail. All right, first up we got an email from Luke Cianchotto. Subject, thanks for the help, boys. What up again, just wanted to say thank you both for taking the time to help me out with my research. Also didn't mean to fire shots at Chicago, gotta use the people's microphone here to get the good word out on Chicago. It's got a great scene with great skaters and great spots, so I hope you boys make it out here sometime. I'll leave you all with another question, not for my research this time. Hopefully no one's asked this before, but in your opinions, what are your best slash favorite slash most memorable memorable trick done in a sports jersey? My answer's got to be Dan Pedro's line in the Canadian's jersey at El Toro, ending in him getting roasted on the switch front board. Certainly not my favorite trick, but most memorable for sure. One of those slams that got burned into my memory as a kid. Anyways, thanks again, dudes. Peace. Yo, our pleasure, bro. Fucking shouts to Chicago. Definitely get out there one of these days. Uh, as far as memorable jersey clips, you know I got love for that switch varial heel, Manny, front 180 at Pier 7 from Brandon Beeble in the AI jersey. Iverson all day. Pop that 180 out like a boss. 
I'm sticking with my answer from the first time. It's definitely got to be Brian Anderson. Front Blunt, Shell Park is a Tom Yetto tour. It's wearing a Wayne Gretzky Edmonton Oilers jersey, man. Doesn't really get much better than that for a Canadian. Real shit. All right, next up, we got an email from Lucas Ott. Change predictions. Hey, guys, love the show. The podcasts have been making my days at work go by way faster. Hell yeah, B, that's why we make them. My question has to do with all the sponsor changes that have been going on lately. I was wondering if you guys have any predictions on sponsor changes, skaters that maybe don't fit on their current team, and where you think they may possibly go in the future. Let's keep it to board companies. Thanks, and keep up the good work. It's a good question. Uh, obviously, first guess would be Saifa Benson leaving free agency, taking his talents just south of the border to all-timers. Only makes sense. Large Canadian contingency on all-timers. Saifa is Canadian. He's a skateboarder. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Aside from that, this is a tough question because nowadays, usually guys are leaving their, their shoe companies to go to a bigger shoe company. And in this day and age... It's kind of better to be on a small board brand. Don't really like try to get too much money out of your board brand. I mean, you could pick any skater that is amazing and put them on primitive. That would be a good guess. I'd say maybe Tiago Lemos to, to primitive. Tiago's a loyal Nigi, but yeah, we'll see. Money talks still. Hard question. Couldn't really think of anything imminent, but uh, maybe I could see Ryan Desenzo to Element one of these days. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from Jeffrey Kolominski. Hey, guys, it's been a while since I've written in. How are you doing? Always good over here at the Bunt. It's cold as ice up here now, though, so. Sipping on steam whistle. There you go. Just wanted to say that in the Corey Duffel episode, it was a great listen, and I did not expect him to go that far back into his sponsorship slash career history, but it was awesome to hear about everything. I checked the timestamps, and it looks like that story clocked in at over 30 minutes. Love it. It was actually 38 minutes, but after <laughs> some editing, we got it down to 30. For the people. Second question, Toronto-related. I'm coming back home for the holidays and was hoping there'd be an indoor skate park to use. Thanks, Jeffrey. Man, of course there's an indoor skate park to use. It is called the Skate Loft. Brand new location, Skate Loft 2.0. Search it up on Instagram. You see DGK Wade doing just about everything imaginable at the Skate Loft, man. Man, I ain't been there yet, but I can't wait. You know what I'm saying? Ankles coming along. I started pushing around again. Catch me at the loft soon. You know what I'm saying? And uh, good to hear from you, Jeff. Been a while. Haven't heard from you since like season two or some shit. Hope you're well. Holler at your boys. All right, next up, we got an email from Chad. Subject, Chicago defense. Here we go. I think Luke may have ruffled some feathers last week. There are good things happening within Chicago, just under the radar. If you're interested, check out Uprise Skate Shop, Chicago Neighborhood Watch, Neckbeard, Blue Town, and Deep Fish. Bunch of other cool stuff happening now, too. Also, we do have good plazas. You just got to skate to them. Can't just roll up in your mom's car. You may not realize it, but many people learn in Chicago. You may not realize it, but many people learn in Chicago and go do great things elsewhere. Oh, like learn how to skate, I'm guessing, and then take or their anything. talents to South Beach. Yeah. Uh, hey, we're all about taking our talents to South Beach. Real uh, shit. Big LeBron fans here. There was no question in there, but, you know, we felt uh, 
we felt like we had to air it out for the people oh wait there's a part two separate email <laughs> same homie <laughs> by the way if homie is so concerned about chicago's image why doesn't he come back and contribute also wouldn't call Chaz her mayor that was dono just the local celeb that title probably belongs to dave ruta again no question oh no he, <laughs> luke he's coming straight at you why don't you go back and contribute but luke i think we made him feel a little bad because he hit us back in his email saying like he wasn't trying to attack chicago but he's from there so you know it's a little more acceptable i guess but uh chad we hear you and uh we we want to go down there and see for ourselves i heard there's some good plazas the studio <laughs> skateboards homies went there and got an article in uh one of our mags up here like a year or two ago it looks tight it looks fun got nothing against chicago you dig definitely need to make it to the windy city at some point next up we got an email from evan y'all like pop tarts what's up safe and dono just finished watching the palace video and was wondering if you guys think jamal smith gets the brazilian switch mongo pass he also had a crazy switch tray in a line and want to know your thoughts on if he's a new member of the switch tray gang cheers uh that video was dope as hell shouts to lucian clark oh for a flawlessly executed part well thought out he had all the ledge lines at the one spot as like the intro thing and then your boy just went ham for about three minutes really enjoyed that one uh the whole video was pretty cool uh what was the question just was this the review of the palace video he says do you guys oh, think jamal okay, smith yeah. gets the brazilian switch mongo pass as far as jamal he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Huge fan so. of Jamal. He's uh, one of the most unique guys we have in skateboarding on and off the board. We've had the pleasure of meeting him uh, at the Glory Challenges. He's a dope ass dude. And uh, he can do whatever the fuck he wants on a skateboard. I'm, I'm always happy to watch him shred. What do you think? Absolutely. Guy can do whatever he wants. He's been doing whatever he wants, and that's the best part. You know, he's not going to, whether we say it or not, it doesn't matter what we say, man. And uh, there's another question in there. Is he a new member of the Switch Trade Gang or what? Yeah, he ain't a new member. You just ain't been paying attention. Smarten up. Wake up. Do your Jamal research. I'm just kidding. But no, yeah, Jamal's been stomping Switch Trades for a minute. So uh, he's he's been a member. You know what I'm saying? The man can't kickflip, but he's got a mean switch tray. So to answer the question, yeah, we do like Pop-Tarts over here at the Bunt. All right, man, that's it for the emails, G. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, the reason you listen to the Bunt, the skateboard world source for sports. That's the rundown, baby. All 36 of you still listening, <laughs> we do it for you. The real fans. You know where we're starting. It's the NFL. We do this thing on Sunday nights, so it's hot in our brain. And uh, I'll be the last one to jump on this goddamn bandwagon. Are the Los Angeles Rams for real? And how is Jared Goff pulling this off week after week? Reggie, if Goff's connecting on those passes, they're unstoppable because Gurley ain't no fluke, as we may have thought early in the season. He's here to stay. He's looking like a dominant force for years to come right now. Unfortunately, I think uh, I got to say the Los Angeles Rams are for real, my dude. Oh, my God. We've been steering clear of them because they've been stuck with Jeff Fisher, Mr. 8-8 for the last however many years. But Sean McVay is in town. I think he's 
the youngest head coach in the NFL, and he's turned this franchise around real quick. But I ain't sold, man. I'm sticking with I'm sticking with the Wentz wagon, man. Well, uh, I'm not saying they're the best team in the NFL. I'm just saying they're they ain't no fucking smoke and mirrors. They're they're beating good teams and they're destroying shit teams. You know what I'm saying? Lucky for us, they play Week 14. I think it is. It's gonna be a good against one, the man. Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so many bad games in the NFL. You gotta look forward to these good ones, man. While we're talking about the Rams, just one quick question: fantasy purposes only. Who the hell? is Robert Woods and how did this happen and how the hell does Simon Disher own the man for Christ's sake I have no clue who he is but he's sure as hell is cheesy me because <laughs> I'm about to be in third place and Robert Woods was a big part of putting the nail <laughs> in Nat's coffin this week all right moving on from the Rams I can't even stand talking about him it just doesn't feel right we'll move over to Dallas who got their asses whipped in Atlanta 27 to 7 probably should have beaten up on an ATL team that can't even be more in the dumps than they are but Dallas goes in makes them feel good about themselves they lose Zeke you think the committee of Alfred Morris Rod Smith and Darren McFadden could get anything going the hottest pickup on waiver wires going back and forth picking them up and dropping them because <laughs> you don't know if they're gonna play and then they drop a stinker on you so no Zeke they got these three bums what's Dallas really gonna do man they gonna get to the playoffs and they gonna get Zeke back in, or what's gonna happen? What the fuck's their schedule looking like? Next week, they got the Eagles. Dust. Loss. The week after, the Chargers are coming to town. W. I'm going with a loss. The week after that, Kirk Money Cousins is in town. He might be saying, you like that? You fucking like that. <laughs> if you know me, you know I love Kirk Cousins for no real reason, other than he's a <laughs> boss and I've had him for two years. I like that. And that's a W for Captain Kirk. They got spanked when uh, when Dallas came to town. So I think they're going to get that revenge. Any man who gives his GM a noogie, I'm backing. <laughs> the week after, they're heading to New York and they're facing the Giants. We all know what's happening there. That's a W. After that, they're heading down to Oakland. Ooh, my boy Derek Carr has got something to say about that. Oakland ain't an easy place to win at, you dig? Carr all day. Raiders got it. Okay. Then they're heading back home, but it don't get easy because Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are showing up. Ooh, that's a W for the Seahawks. And then one more time, but this time they're heading to Philly to face off against Wentz. Oh, my God. That is going to be a spanking. If the Falcons could make them look as shit as they did today, I don't even want to know what the Eagles are going to do. So by my calculations, they're going to win one time over their last seven games, and it's against the Giants. You're saying they're winning twice. They're picking up a win against the Chargers. That is not a friendly schedule. Peace yeah. out to your playoff hopes. That means they finished 7-9 and nine and missed the playoffs. That can't be an outcome any Dallas Cowboy thought they were uh, going to see. Moving on. This is a tough one, but because... I'm all in on the New Orleans Saints this year. It's funny because I started all in on the Carolina Panthers. Jumped that ship real quick. <laughs> I don't know what Cam Newton does. He needs Ted Ginn Jr. back is what happened. But really, the question is about the Saints. If you had to take one of the two running backs, Mark Ingram or Alvin Kamara, who's it going to be? And then the question would be, they're the only running back on the Saints. The other got traded. If you had to trade one, 
Which which RB are you keeping? So they stay in the same system. I like Kamara. He's a jack of all trades. If you stack the box on Ingram, you know what I'm saying? He can be stopped. Kamara is one of them Jarek McKinnon types, pass catching, athlete of Satan. I like Kamara. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a proud Mark Ingram owner, but I would also take Kamara. The ability to catch the pass, you're playing with Drew Brees. For Mark Ingram to have a game like he had this week, the offense has to be rolling. You can't be losing late in the game. That doesn't favor Mark Ingram. I mean, it's working out well because the Saints are winning every game, so Mark Ingram's getting his thing. But if the going gets tough, you know it's Kamara's electric ass out there trying to make the big play. Let's get into some NBA talk. One thing that is on every basketball fan's mind, these young Celtics just won't stop. Notch their 12th win in a row with a one-point victory over our Toronto Raptors. The last two with no Kyrie Irving. That was a crazy game that they won because Horford was out with a concussion, so they did it without their two All-Stars. It was just the young boys put the team on their back and made it happen. So how long is this winning streak going to go? They've got 12 now. What's your prediction? And unfortunately, I just looked at the schedule and I don't think it's going to last very long. Next up, they got the Brooklyn Nets. It's going to be a W, correct? That's a W. And then they got the Golden State Warriors coming to town. That's a big fat L. There it is. It's over. <laughs> it sucks because it could have went on for a couple more games because they got the Hawks and the Mavericks. And then the Heat, which is also a winnable game, depending on having Kyrie back. But I think the, if they can get past the Warriors, okay, they can roll. I was going to say the Nets will win that game if Kyrie's out, but D'Angelo Russell is also out. Uh, but just to go against the grain a little bit, I'm going to say the Nets are going to win that one and the winning streak. I think they're looking past them a bit. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Another big bit of uh, news in the NBA. Down goes Rudy Gobert. And this is a soft topic for you. Number one pick in my draft. Fucking hurts a little bit, but it's all good at the same time. You know, I'm the basketball fantasy guru of pain. I roll with the punches. I'll be back. Big dog. Get well soon. They say four to six weeks. It's a bone bruise, so I think he'll be back in three to four. Not going to stress it too much, but as far as real basketball, uh, that kind of hurts Utah. They're uh, on the outside looking in on a playoff spot right now, and I think they're going to need him for every damn game if they want to uh, have a real shot at making the playoffs. They're at six and seven right now, ninth seed. Get better soon, big dog. We need you out there. Big fan of Rudy. Get back soon. All right, moving on. Can we get your thoughts on the Oklahoma City Thunder? Currently sitting in the 10th spot in the Western Conference. Same record as the Jazz. They're 6-7. and seven. How are the big three meshing so far? Not great. Not great. But I also said that before the season started. I think on paper, they have more talent than Houston, who's currently in first in the West. But Houston hasn't had CP3, so they've been the same. Uh, not the same, but pretty similar to last year. Same sort of uh, driving kick offense, pick and roll with James Harden. And uh, they're just going to gobble up them regular season wins. Uh, but as PG, Mello, and Westbrook get to get that familiarity, I think they're going to be a better team than Houston come playoffs. Uh, Paul George erupted for 42 and then backed it up with 37 today. I think he's going to have to be their leading scorer. I think Westbrook's going to do his triple-double thing. 
And I think Melo's just gonna be that, he plays with the second unit a lot, be that go-to guy in that second unit. But obviously he's got too much ego to come off the bench. But That's he, such a good place for him. It's just, it sucks when guys just can't do that for the team and realize like, <laughs> you have a great spot here, man. This is how you're gonna make the team a lot better. You can beat up on second units, but too much pride. Yeah, it's cool though. I think they play him like the whole first quarter. Like it, they've got the rotation to where he's, he's fucking playing. annoying. Like oh. I was like down with him to get out of New York because it seemed like they were fucking more, but it's kind of a little bitch sometimes, Carmelo Anthony. He doesn't pass the ball still. He still jacks up everything that comes into his hands. Right. It sucks too because we kind of like I really enjoyed watching Russ be the one and only option on a team. It's pretty, it's a pretty fascinating show we put on last year. We're not going to get to see that for uh, for at least some time. So taking a quick look at the standings in both the East and the West, there are some things that pop out to both of us. Obviously, the Celtics are doing their thing first place. But, dog, the Detroit Pistons in second place at 10-3, and three, is this all thanks to Andre Drummond's free throw shooting or what? Hey, no more hockey Drummond these days. The man's at like 70% from the line. I didn't think it was gonna last, but watched him play the other day. He's got a whole new form. He just how sick is the form though? Flick of the wrist. <laughs> Bro, he's out here, but don't sleep on Clint Capella, career forty-five percent shooter. Talking about Clint I'm right just now. saying, Drummond and you own him. No, you brought him up because you own him. No, no, I'm no. It's because Drummond and Capella are like forty-five percent shooters on their career, and they're both shooting seventy percent from the line this year, which is really impressive quick off topic how's deandre jordan doing oh he's still trash yeah perfect dwight still trash oh but the pistons at 10 and 3 the pistons at 10 and 3 i'm i'm surprised they got some impressive wins on their resume they beat the warriors a couple other big time western conference teams they beat the clippers and you know what they got my boy avery bradley favorite player in the nba he's one of those guys hard nose hard defender can shoot the three he'll get you some steals and do whatever you ask of him basically last year brad stevens asked him to rebound the ball more he averaged a career high six rebounds a game he's back down to like two because they got drummond but um i think they are for real we do forget because last year they were a disaster and didn't make the playoffs the year before that they went to four games with the Cavs in the first round and that was their hardest series in the entire playoffs other than the finals you throw in Tobias Harris having a career year. You bring in Avery Bradley. Reggie Jackson was injured all of last season, playing on one leg when he was playing. Ish Smith doing his thing off the bench. I like what I'm seeing, and I, I think they're going to keep it up. Obviously not second seed all year, but they're looking like a solid playoff team these days. And uh, if you haven't seen it, make sure you go watch a video of Andre Drummond shooting free throws. It is uh, one of the steeziest things popping in the NBA right now. Next up, the Cleveland Cavaliers sitting at six and seven in the ninth place. We know this won't last, but I'll give you a chance to stomp them while they're down if you want. Nah, B, they're doing exactly what I was saying the other day or the other week. They're beating the teams that are supposed playoff threats. They beat the Bucks again, yeah. and they're losing to the trash teams. But uh, Dwayne Wade's starting to look more comfortable off the bench. LeBron's LeBron. Kyle Korver's doing his thing. Jeff Green erupted for like 20-something the other day. They're going to slowly figure it out and start uh, getting chunk win streaks popping. And before you know it, I won't be able to hate on them anymore. And then they're going to have to do it all over again in the middle of the season when Isaiah Thomas comes back. Next up, 
This is quite shocking. And I, I was first glance at the Eastern Conference and you look at the top guys and you're like, okay, the Pistons and yeah, the Magic, but the New York Knicks are in the five seed right now at seven and five. I know it ain't saying much, but what do you think of the unicorn so far this season? He is absolutely on one. I hated on him a little bit to start the season because we were recording and I was just peeping at the screen once in a while and he was jacking up deep shots, not posting up. And I was like, is you kidding me? But I watched, I got Tim Hardaway Jr. on my fantasy team now. So I watched the Knicks a few times and uh, Porzingis is no fucking joke. He's leading the league in scoring. If he can stay healthy. Um, I don't know if they make the playoffs, but I think they're going to exceed expectations. They're expected to be garbage this year. Yeah, and terrible. They're, they're looking, they're feisty, man. Uh, they're fun to watch. If they fight for a playoff spot, it's a good season for them. All right, let's slide over to the Western Conference. The two top dogs, the Rockets and the Warriors doing their thing. 11-3 and three and 10-3. and three. Do the Rockets need Chris Paul? 10,000% they do. This is the regular season. But when it gets time to get down and dirty, we all saw what happened to James Harden. He pulled a disappearing act. <laughs> One of the worst meltdowns performances in playoff David history. Blaine. That was just disgraceful. Um, <laughs> so when the playoffs come, you, you can't be blaming fatigue. And he won't have an excuse this year with Chris Paul sharing the ball handling duties. They definitely need Chris Paul. All right. And the three seed is our first surprise. I mean, it's still super early. So a lot of the teams are like one and two games away. But it's the Denver Nuggets. Don't look now, but Jokic still doing his thing. I think they had the first or second best offense in the NBA last season. Uh, I think it might have started once they brought um, Nurk off the bench instead of Jokic. Yeah, they ain't no joke. I said they'd get the four seed for the playoffs. And uh, so far, it's looking like they got a chance. They got some young guns. Jamal Murray is a roller coaster ride. Paul Millsap, steady as they come. Jokic, fucking young superstar in the making. Uh, the future is bright in Denver, baby. All right, looking a, a little further down the standings, they started the season five and two, but have lost five straight. The LA Clippers, man, are they right where you think they are? Yeah, man, they <laughs> they had people talking like they were some elite team, and Charles Barkley said they were going to make the Western Conference Finals. That was the most laughable thing I've ever heard in my life. Like I said, if they're healthy, they'll make the playoffs, but Gallinari injury-prone, Blake Griffin injury-prone, Gallo's already missing games, Patrick Beverly's missing games, so it's going to be hard for them. They've got the talent to do special things this regular season, uh, but it's just going to come down to injury, man. All right, man, that's our deep dive on the NBA standings. That's going to wrap up episode eight of The Bunt, man. It is almost over. Dog, why is time fly so fast when we do doing episodes? Hey, when you fucking buzzing 24-7 on steam <laughs> whistles, every day turns into a blur. No footy chat this week, sadly. Hopefully Mike Henry's back next week. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Big shouts out to Vans, Grand Trading, Brixton, Steam Whistle, and our good friends at Time Bomb Trading. Catch y'all next week.
I got this bag of weed to make me awkward. It's cool.